powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. What a game. Wow. Where to even begin? Uh, you know, Jets win 4-3 against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. It was an absolute uh, bit of a shit show near the end there. But uh, hey, uh, we're here to break it down. We're going to talk about it. Obviously, we'll talk about, uh, you know, possibly uh, throwing the game to the wayside. We'll talk about uh, Dave Riddick's uh, almost shutout. Um <laughs> You know, we're going to talk about uh, some some unfamiliar faces from the bottom, bottom, bottom end of the lineup stepping up. But uh, before we do all that, uh, one quick little thing. Uh, think you know uh, what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's World Cup, hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live and play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all the that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 90 plus, please play responsibly. All righty. So uh, I forgot to say it in the first little bit, but uh, you're joined here by myself, Brady, and I have with me a fantastic guest with me. We've got Nick Lynham of Top Line Media. Uh, on Top Line Media, they do a lot of different podcasts right now. They've got a new one going out uh, for the World Cup, but other than that, they're doing podcasts regarding you know the Winnipeg market. I think they're doing all uh, most of the Canadian markets, right? We're we're doing all of Western Canada. So we got a Battle of Alberta podcast where we talk about both the Oilers and the Flames, and then the Canucks as well. Awesome, fantastic! Uh, be sure to go check out Nick and his uh, his top line media channel out. Uh, yeah, well, Jets game. Where where to even start? Um, boy, oh boy, uh, coming into this, Nick and I were saying, you know, it should be, it should be nice and fun coming in, feeling good. It's always good to talk about the jets when things are going well. And, uh, with five minutes left, boy, did they put that to the test? Um, Nick, what did you see out there from, uh, the, the bit of, uh, you know, the, the game being handed on a platter to the, uh, Carolina hurricanes? Well, yeah, I really liked the first 55 minutes there. And then all of a sudden. That went from a, an easy bet over at Sports Interaction to a sweat for five <laughs> minutes. Holy. Uh, honestly, I'd put a lot of that on the coaching staff, though. Like We, we were kind of talking beforehand. The, the lines are really rolling today, and then they cut it back to just two lines, and those two lines just kept getting hemmed in. Couldn't, couldn't get the puck out of the zone, and all of a sudden we have a tie game going in overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found it really interesting, uh, the decision to – both shorten the bench, but also even in the sense of, you know, the top two lines uh, were the only ones going out, but it was a modified second line um, yes. putting Adam Lowry up there instead of Cole Perfetti. Um, you know, based on the game there, honestly, like Cole Perfetti has been rolling. Like that's one of the things that I would say is one of the biggest positives of this game. I found um, mm-hmm. he, you know, has been looking good the past few games and he continued it with his performance tonight. It looks like he was shooting a lot, looked great on the power play. And even on that Dubois goal, like, uh, that all starts with him, you know, playing defensively, using a good stick and getting the puck away from, uh, whoever it was on the, on the hurricanes who had it and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, feeding it over to Wheeler. Um, you know, it, if, okay, how about this? I'm just going to put, since, since you're, you're, you know, you're harping on the, on Rick bonus, 
you know, what would you have done in that situation? Would you have, you know, shortened the bench? Would you have kept all four lines rolling? What's your opinion on uh, on the deployment, especially in a tight game near the end where you're kind of the Jets are kind of turtling a little bit? Yeah, yeah. See, and that's one thing I actually talked about this week on our podcast is we we hadn't really seen the Jets kind of go into a shell with the lead, and all of a sudden in that that last eight minutes or so, you kind of felt the tide kind of turning there. And I wasn't really big on the decision today to cut down the bench, especially we're going to get into the fourth line. I thought they were probably the best line or most consistent line on the night. And we didn't see them at all in the last five, six, seven minutes. Um, you know, some that Shifley and Connor line is great at generating offense, but D is always kind of a iffy area for them. And I don't know, it just, I, I didn't love that decision tonight, just the way that that game flow was rolling. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Because, like, one of the things that, you know, last game it was kind of tough to put into words, um, you know, what really went wrong for the Jets. But mm-hmm. one of the things I, I, I think was key was that they weren't really playing all four lines. And that's kind of one of the things that I, I found has been kind of a key of, you know, Rick Bonus's system in, you know, when mm-hmm. things are going well. The Jets are playing all four lines. They're rolling. They're getting contributions from each of their uh, each line. Um, and in a game like this, where uh, you know Mikey Asimot, uh, Jansen Harkins, mm-hmm. and and man, Dave Gustafson looks incredible. The Gus bus, baby. The Gus bus is rolling. He looks great. Mm-hmm. And like uh, it, th- that line has was just every single time that they were on the ice, it felt like they were just taking the play towards the Hurricanes and. It, it makes no sense, and I was, you know, going going into probably the last ten minutes of the game. I was sitting there going, "Wow, like I'm I'm really glad that the Jets are continuing to roll off all four lines." And then, of course, you know, the bench gets cut, and you see pretty much the same guys go rolling out there every single time. You know, you know, one of the things with with Shifley and Connor, as you said, there, like they're great at generating offense, but when it comes to the defensive end end of the ice, they're not, uh, you know. They're not always putting in every, you know, their best effort. And when you cut down the bench down to, you know, six guys, like those guys are going to get tired. They're going to start taking liberties. They're going to start hooking. They're like, luckily, no calls were 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 called against the Jets. I'm pretty sure there was a missed call within the past, you know, in the in the last five minutes that the Jets benefited from, you know, because refing loves to <laughs> to not make calls in the last uh, five minutes when it's actually really impactful. But um, but yeah, so I I personally didn't didn't love the fact that they cut down the lines, especially on a night where um, the all four lines were rolling. And other than really the Lowry line, like every every single line seemed pretty dominant. Like they were really taking mm-hmm. the play towards the Hurricanes. Yeah, and it, it felt like that. It almost it almost felt like all three of those goals felt like the same things were happening. Like the Jets were really struggling to get the puck over the blue line and get it out of their zone, and it just kind of became a clusterfuck back there and you kind of kept sending the same six guys the same two deep pairings and the same things kept happening over five six minutes and the rest is history you yeah. almost you almost cost yourself uh an extra point there yeah absolutely and you know luckily they came out in the in the overtime and uh josh morrissey ices the game uh it was a big mm-hmm. celebration between the two of us knowing that we would come in here and not have to harp on the jets the entire game because honestly yeah. they played they played a pretty good game like mm-hmm. uh, the you know again my only criticisms of the game would have been the lowry line just doesn't really didn't really look like they've had it and especially yep. in the past few games like I, I don't know what it is about that line i would love to see especially after the game that he had like i'd love to see you know jansen harkins maybe get 
boost it up to that third line just to and and maybe move Saku Mentalinen down. Um, yep. I've liked what Saku has brought to the lineup. However, um, you know, I view him a lot more as a fourth liner just because you know he doesn't really have that that finishing skill. You know, he scored one goal with a, a tip in, but that's the type of goal that you get when you're in the bottom of the lineup, right? Yeah. Um, one thing that we can touch on. Uh, is Dave Riddick's game? Uh, you know, coming into, <laughs> coming into the season, Jets fans weren't uh, you know super hyped on him. Um, but you know, I, I guess this is what his fourth game of the season, yep. um, and I think probably the first game that he played uh, where it wasn't on a back to back. What did you see out there from uh, from Big Save Dave? <laughs> it, it, it's it's funny because I've been very vocal about how uncomfortable I am when Dave, Big Save Dave is in the net. And I was actually about to put a put a, put out a little humble pie tweet saying it might be time to start writing that big save Dave apology letter. And then the last five minutes happened there, and I wouldn't put all of them on on him, but that third one, that's just a shot you kind of have to have, especially in that moment of the game. And I think my buddy Chase kind of summed it up best when in our at a group chat, I'm in kind of saying, you know, like I clench every time the Fox going towards big save Dave and. I very much feel the same way. It felt like today was kind of a statement from him, and then, and it just all fell apart real quick. I was I was getting ready to come in here and go big save Dave shutout. Yeah. I was so happy for the guy, and then as soon as that first goal went in, it was like a a bit of a bit of pause came on me, and I was like, okay, they just got to lock it down. <laughs> the second goal goes in. And it's almost the same thing as the first goal, just you know, shots from the point as well as and a know, tip, right? And tip traffic in front. Um, mm. I actually, this is the other thing that I I also felt like we should at least mention. Um, I I don't know if I can if if I can stand you know give my stamp of approval on the Pionk and, and Morrissey pairing. I I like. Josh Morrissey has had a great start of the season and fantastic. And, and I am not at all harping on him whatsoever, uh, but it just seems that every time that the, that pairing is together, you know, it, all the big goals are on that pairing. Maybe it's because they're getting the top, the tough minutes, per, you know, for example, but I think that, you know, Sh- Schmidt and, uh, and Dylan have also taken their fair share of the big minutes and they don't seem to get, you know, hemmed in all the time. Uh, I don't know if it's you know the uh, a lack of being able to break the puck out an in zone defense thing. Uh, do you have a comment on uh, you know Pionk and uh, and Morrissey and and what you see from them? Would you say that you're like you know that they've they're, they're going to figure it out, uh, or would no. you say can it? <laughs> I okay. So that pairing is absolutely excellent in the offensive zone. They create a lot of a lot of good things for the Jets in the O zone, but then they do the complete opposite in the D zone. And I do put a lot of that on Neil Pionk. I do not see him as a top-pairing right-handed caliber D-man that this team desperately needs him to be right now. Um, a lot of it comes from, in my opinion, him turning the puck over. He's, he hasn't been great at moving it the other way. And he's, he's just very a very chaotic player. And it works for him in the O-zone. But in the D-zone, when he's running around, it leaves guys wide open. you got the extra man out there in a six-on-five, and you have a guy running around. It's just... It, it's it's bound to create some kind of chaos negatively against the Jets. That's not a pair I'd like to see kind of, it's not a pair I trust at all to be a top pairing on a team that wants to be a contender. 
as soon as Dylan DeMello gets healthy, I'd be putting Dylan DeMello right back up there with Josh Morrissey. We know it works. We know that the, the Schmidt and Dylan pairing has been pretty solid defensively. I, I'd be having Neil Pionk down there on that third pair. I uh, I completely agree with you. And, I, and also just stylistically, um, mm-hmm. I, I think that that third, pint, third pair could really um, – could really thrive with him and and Dylan Sandberg playing together because, uh, I mean, this kind of is a bit of a transition uh, to the third pair. Uh, we yep. love to talk about our fifth and sixth uh, <laughs> defensemen. Um, yep. I thought Dylan Sandberg, you know, game in game out, has really shown in the past few games that he is here and he's here to stay. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, just comparing his games to, for example, you know, Logan Stanley in the past. It just seems like there's a, an air of of calmness that Dylan Sandberg yes. brings to the back end, um, and you know a lot a lot less of the the chip outs. Like one of the most frustrating things, is, and it just it just gives me flashbacks to that Montreal series in the bubble, where mm-hmm. all the Jets could do to get out of, out of their zone was flip the puck out and you know try to retrieve it. Whereas with guys like Dylan Sandberg in the back end, I I, I feel so much more calm seeing those clean, crisp breakout passes coming. Um, mm-hmm. And that seems to be one of the bread and butters of his. Um, <clears throat> you know, this game... Uh, Vili Hanola finally draws into the lineup. Uh, yeah. Nick, w- what was your take on his game today? You know, I, I thought there was a slow start to the game for Vili. Obviously, it's his first game in the lineup. You're going to expect some kind of, you know, adjustment period. But I, I felt actually as he got kind of comfortable in that game. It was a nice, quiet game for Vili Hainala, especially from the second period on. He was making the, the breakout passes you'd expect. Uh, it was nothing flashy at either end. It wasn't overly impactful, but for a young D-man coming in into that spot, it's his first game against a, a quality opponent. I think there was nothing wrong with a quiet performance out of Vili Hainala tonight. I absolutely agree. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I had the exact same feeling. You know, start of the game was a little rough, had a couple turnovers to start. But honestly, that just seemed like he was just kind of getting back in sync, getting back in rhythm. And of course, this is, you know, a different team that he's been playing on all season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, he's got to get comfortable. Luckily, he was playing against Dylan, or playing with uh, Dylan Sandberg, where he has a bit of, uh, you know, bit of experience. Um, yeah, I really, I really like how those two read off each other, too. Like, as much as Billy Hanela was the right-handed D- D-man, you saw a lot as that game got on and, and they got comfortable with each other. Them kind of switching positions and really using the full ice. I, I really liked how that kind of looked as it went on. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And, um, you know, that definitely, like, obviously, even if he had a bad game, I think he warrants uh, more than just a single game, obviously. Because um, mm-hmm. you're never really going to get a, an idea of how a, a guy plays. And even, like, even looking at Cal Capobianco last, last two games, like, his first game, yeesh, not great. Mm-hmm. His second game, not too bad. And I think that that's just kind of, you know, how it goes with players who have to sit out games and then you got to bring them into the lineup, you know, whenever you can. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight a little comment from our, our chat here. Uh, Dave yep. Smith, hot take: Villy does Pionk at a fifth of the cost. What's your take on that? <laughs> hey, hey, Dave, come listen to Top Line because I've been on that train <laughs> since our preseason. I could not agree more. If if I'm looking at kind of maximizing the salary cap, maximizing the D talent, I think they're very comparable players. They both have concerns with their D zone, their 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 positives and their strengths in their game are in the O zone. And quite frankly, I think the the ceiling is higher on a Vili Hanela in the power play situations that Neil Pionk's getting. 
So Dave Smith, I, I could not agree more with you. I, uh, I, I definitely agree as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, he says he's already subbed. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that, Dave. I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, and, and hey, I, I, I definitely, I definitely agree there. I think that they bring the same uh, uh, flaws, and they both have, uh, you know, they both have they're they have a slight difference. I, I would say I feel a little more calm uh, when Vili is bre- breaking the puck out than Pionk is. Yeah. I don't think that Pionk has a, a great handle on his, um, you know, his, his passing, but obviously mm-hmm. Pionk has a, a bit, bit more of a bomb. To him, uh, and can you know walk in and just take a clapper and OT and win it for you? But for sure, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think that that Vili had a a pretty good game, honestly. Like I, I thought that again, start of it was a bit rough, but, mm-hmm. um, but you know the the his game is he's getting the the edges off. Jeez, uh, he's getting the rust off. I can't talk today again. I can never <laughs> talk. I don't know why they hired me for this. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, that was uh, fantastic. Um, you know, as we as we mentioned before, the uh, we got to talk a little bit about the fourth line. Uh, I know, I, I know, we casually, you know, kind of brushed over it, but uh, we got to give a shout out to our boy Mikey, our boy Mikey Esamont, with his first yeah. career NHL goal. Uh, if we had the clapping sound, that would be really helpful, but I, I don't have it on my computer. Um, what did you see? What, what if he's, he's had a couple games now, like what's, yep. what's your take on, you know, the kind of the bottom end of the top uh, of, of the, uh, of the forward lineup, you know, you got, you got guys like Jansen Harkins, Dominic Toninato, mm-hmm. Mikey Asamont, all these guys fighting for spots. Um, what have you seen from, let's start with Mikey and, uh, and you can kind of go around and see. And, you know, if you got other other comments to bring in, go ahead. But what yeah, have you seen from Mikey? Good. So, yeah, Mikey Aislamont is actually a player that really surprised me last year when I would go to Moose games. He really he, – he, he brings a motor every shift. He's, he works hard. And he, he did in the HL have a bit of an offensive flash. So to see him kind of get rewarded with a call-up and then get rewarded with a goal today, that was, that was great. He's one of those stories that you can really get behind of a, a guy that hasn't had it really – the easy way – the easy path to the NHL. And he's – He's come up and he's kind of making the most of those opportunities. Obviously, I'm a big David Gustafson fan. I, I can't believe I get excited over a, uh, a fourth-line <laughs> center quite like I do David Gustafson, but he's just he's such a force out there in that role. He doesn't do anything excellent, but he does everything very well. He's like the first guy in the forecheck. Somehow he's the first guy in on the back check. He just creates so many opportunities for his line mates. And uh, Harkins, you know, he was a guy that had a rough training camp, a guy I didn't really see things from that really impressed me over the last year. But I think that the AHL stint kind of really put a spark under his ass a little bit. He went down there, he put up some offense, and he's looked a lot more effective beside Gustafson and Isleman. It's It's been a group that's been surprisingly well. I know early on in the season, I was worried about the depth side of things when it comes to the Jets lineup. And that fourth line just continues to impress uh, for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be given much opportunity to Dominic Coninato. I mean, he's, he's a nice vet 13, 14 guy to have around. He just, he really doesn't do anything for me. I'd kind of keep the guys in there that are there, but yeah, hats off to Mikey Isamont. That is awesome. Gets rewarded with a big goal tonight. And yeah, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from that fourth group. I do wonder about the third line a little bit, like you kind of mentioned before, Obviously, Adam Lowry's off to a great start, but I think that's where I, I'd argue both guys he's playing with are fourth line wingers. I know him and Janssen Fialbi have kind of 
had a spark lately. He's, he's a nice forward checker. He does a lot of things well. But I think if the Jets were to look to improve that forward group, that, that third line really needs some kind of offensive punch to it. I I absolutely completely agree. Um, all season I've been kind of saying it, it, the the way that this Jets team becomes its playoff form is when they can get a, another winger into the top six that that allows them to push Blake Wheeler down. Because and while I, I don't think that Blake Wheeler is having a bad start to the season or anything like that, he at the start of the season he looked he looked great, like he looked like a completely new player. But as of late, I found he seems to be. A little bit slowing down, and I kind of worry about him going down the stretch. Um, you know, as he does get a little bit older, uh, hopefully his motor can keep up. But, um, but I think that the 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 secret sauce for the Jets right now is the ability to play all four lines, keep your guys all fresh, and um, it just doesn't seem like it. There just seems to, like exactly what you said. The third line needs uh, a bit of a a kick in the ass and needs an, uh, a bit of a, a sparklet under them. And I think that, you know, providing them with uh, a more offensive force would definitely help them. Cause again, like of the, you know, Lowry is going to be stuck on that third line, no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. But of the two guys uh, on each side, like I've liked what Janssen Fialbi's brought to the table. He's got a good yep. motor, but also I kind of worry that I'm seeing in him uh, kind of the, I've got Brandon Tan of goggles on and I'm just seeing Very a guy who's, so a guy who's fast and, and gets to the puck quick. Um, and I'm not sure if that's just empty calorie um, energy being spent, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And Saku Madelainen, again, is a guy who I am very glad to have on our team. He's a good PKer, Absolutely. but uh, he's he's a fourth liner. Like, he, he just doesn't seem to be a guy who can really chip in offensively. He can, he can definitely get the puck in the zone. He can, you know, uh, really put pressure on the, uh, the opposing D and, and, uh, and, you know, keep the pressure on, which is what you want your fourth line to do. You, they want, you want them to keep the pace up, but um, he just doesn't seem to have that kind of offensive touch, uh, mm-hmm. you know, given to him. And then, uh, and then, yeah, going back to the fourth line guys, like, man, I compl- you don't need to feel shame for, for the feelings you have for David Gustafson. Like <laughs> I I'm right there with you since, yeah. since we drafted him, he just seemed exactly like the guy that uh, the Jets needed and just seemed like the next Lowry kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I and think there's even more offense to his game, I, actually. I, I agree, and and I'm I'm starting to turn into a maybe he's the next cop. Like maybe he's yeah. he's the next guy who you know plays does pays his due uh, on the in the bottom six forever, and then finally gets given a chance to play with some more offensive players, and uh, and then you see where that goes for him, and then he gets paid by another team, and we trade him for Brad Lambert. Um, <laughs> that's an interesting. That's a very interesting comp. That's a very interesting but, comp. But you can see it. You can you can see it because mm-hmm. like what. What David Lowry or jeez, uh, <laughs> bad bad mix up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's some trauma right there. Yeah. I don't want to be talking about Dave Lowry again. Come on, man. What uh, what Dave Gustafson brings to the table? It, like, man, he does not lose board battles. Like it's no. it's such a simple thing, and you know we all have a little bit of the caveman brain where we look at the little things uh, and see you know guys winning board battles, and that's just like it it. it sparks serotonin for me but that's that it's it's the little things that count especially mm-hmm. on the on the bottom end of the roster and you know i like <laughs> i would love to see david gustafson be given a couple shifts with some actual wingers i would love to see him play a couple shifts with like cole perfetti or like like i i, I would love to see him just bounce up even even just to you know give him one of those energy line shifts after you know the power play's been out there for you know two minutes and you're just trying to mix it up because 
I don't know. Like, it just feels like there's a bit of a mismatch on the bottom six where, again, you've got your fourth line who's coming out every night and seems to be, you know, when they're playing, uh, a force. Like, that again, going back to the mm-hmm. the the Anaheim game, like, was it the Anaheim? No, the Pe- the Penguins game. Um, going back to the Penguins game, I think they the bottom line, the, the fourth line played, like, two minutes of, like, yeah. a, of just, like, 5v5 play. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure they played nothing. And, like, that was very clearly an issue for the Jets. Maybe they were, you know, trying to come from behind. But, again, like, it, it doesn't make sense to be playing that third line, which mostly just feels like uh, a time waster. Like, like they, you know, they're good defensively, yeah. but they aren't really scoring much unless it's Lowry shorthanded. Um, well, my, my big, my big thing there too, is like, if you are going to cut the, cut the minutes, that fourth line has been so effective this year. And there's only been one constant on that line. It's David Gustafson. He started the year with Sacramento line and Yonsu Chialbi there once he got picked up and those guys have kind of got promoted. And yet that fourth line hasn't faltered at all. Mm-hmm. So if, if minutes are getting cut, I'd want to see maybe David Lowry bounce up to the wing on a Lowry line. And maybe those two kind of create some dirtier goals and create some more, zone time and are a bit more effective at that side of the ice. Like he's definitely a guy I think that should warrant some kind of look, especially right now. You kind of mentioned that we're kind of looking for something in that group. I will go back to the Wheeler thing. I do think that Wheeler Perfetti PLD line has been probably their most consistent line. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if I'd be in a race to break that up right now. And without Ehlers, it kind of gets hard to, to see a real true top nine with this group. But I do wonder if, if you are going to go to a top nine heavy in a game, if David Gustafson beside Adam Lowry, and even if you keep Johnson, if you all be there, if that, that line kind of creates some dirty goals, gets, yeah. the, gets the net and kind of creates more than maybe a Sacramento line. And- yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and even like looking back at, you know, the, the bit of a, the collapse we had tonight, um, mm. why is Sam Gagne on the ice? at the end of the game to to like that's an offensive player like he is not a defensive guy and i get you want to put shifley and connor out there which again we already kind of talked about putting them out there but i i under i at least understand you know you do have to give minutes to a bit of to your top guys in in the end at the end of the game especially when you're trying yep. to shut things down but again like even that's a spot where like bump bump dave gustafson up with with those guys like i i Are don't yeah, I'll jump in here quick if you don't mind. Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, I know we saw it last game where Adam Lowry bumped up to that Shifley Connor group. Uh, that kind of adds a defensive conscience there. It gives you uh, a second center on the ice late in games. And then it keeps Perfetti, Wheeler, and PLD together. And PLD, I know he's still a young guy gaining trust with the coaching staff, but he continues, like we talked about earlier, continues to impress, especially in the D zone, mm-hmm. where I think I might even, yeah, I might go the, the Adam Lowry for Sam Gagner out there if you are going to, to a six. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And, and again, we already kind of touched on the fact that we both kind of disagree with uh, taking Perfetti out at the end of the game. That seems just kind of like, uh, you know, taking the young guy out, even though he's mm-hmm. been definitely more defensively conscious than Blake Wheeler has been on that line, at least I would say. And, uh, and I definitely do agree with you. Like, PLD is, like, the most complete centerman that the Jets have, I would say. I, like, mm-hmm. he's, he's the guy that, at the end of the game, if, if you're telling me to put out Mark Shifley or Dave Lowry, or, Jesus, God, I can't, I gotta stop saying it. 
I, yeah, it's you gotta start bringing it's, him up, man. It's because I'm calling him Dave Gustafson instead of David Gustafson, yeah. and uh, and I think it just just comes out. Anyways, um, if you're putting, uh, geez, I lost my train of thought now. Yeah, like if you if you're putting, uh, if you're asking me to put one of those two guys out, uh, it's got to be PLD over over Shifley. And again, I I I just in general disagree with shortening your bench to six players only, mm-hmm. unless unless you're trying to score. Then that makes mm-hmm. sense. Then absolutely keep it to your your scores, which uh, I found uh, the Jets have kind of. It's weird. They shorten the bench when they're trying to hold a lead, but when they're trying to score a lot, it seems like they're still putting out the third line, even though they don't really do much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I'm I'm just glad to see the Jets uh, won. It was a really tough game tonight. If uh, if they would have lost it, but uh, you know the the Jets have have won the Paul Stastny Bowl. So, yeah. uh, so that's good. Um, what else to even say here? What did you think of, uh, of, of the special teams today? Uh, you know, I'll let you have your pick of, you know, power play PK, just say whatever you want. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the tale of two specialty teams in Winnipeg. The penalty kill continues to do what it's doing. It's, it's been a great unit over the last couple of weeks, two and a half weeks here. And then the power play, man, it is so hard to watch. Especially yeah. five on three, it's a three nothing game. You score there, you probably put that game to bed right there in the middle of the second period. And it didn't even generate any quality looks on a five on three. I really don't like going to an umbrella on a five on three. It makes mm-hmm. it easier, in my opinion, to defend in a in a three man triangle. It, it, I, ma- it, ma- it makes rather... it it makes it a lot easier to to collapse and then just yeah. let let you let them pass back and forth across and like that. No one. Like that's not a key. Like it's so we're in the twenty. It's twenty twenty two. We box we, plus one. Yeah, box bo- plus one. Like it doesn't. It just does not make sense to be running that. Uh, you know, just keep passing along the top of the umbrella and mm-hmm. never shoot the puck. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, no, it's okay. No worries. No but, worries. You're excited here. It's all I, good. <laughs> but like, uh, and that's the thing. Like I, I even wrote this down because I was so appalled by the five on three. So they had a, a minute seventeen on on the five on three. And they had no like actual possession in the offensive zone until 35 seconds left. So almost yep. so 45 seconds of that power play was them getting into the zone, slapping the puck, missing a pass, slapping the puck, missing a pass. Oh, Carolina gets it, dumps it out. Like that is appalling. That is atrocious for a team that used to be you know top of of uh, the power play charts. Like what are yeah. you guys doing? Like I, I there was probably four more than four turnovers on a five on three what like what's what are you doing it it is hard to watch (laughs) it is hard to watch it's brutal and i I didn't expect him to get any power play time in his first game here but as that game goes on and you know you do have an asset on that bench that that is his (laughs) bread and butter as as a prospect i mean well, especially when you're looking at a team that is struggling to get zone entries, a team that's struggling to make simple passes. What is Billy Hanel's one quality? Yep. I mean, hey, I, I, I'm right there with you. There was there was a uh, a Garrett Hole tweet I saw today. I'm trying to find it here. It was something along the lines of like, um, do I th- oh, here it is. Do I think Hanola deserves PP t- uh, time on ice? No. Do I believe the Jets' power play is met to bad? So any change is worth a try. Absolutely. <laughs> like it. 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 Uh, I. I'm not surprised in this game, and I would hope no, for sure. 
I, would, I wasn't expecting it at all. I would hope to see it next game happen. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the Jets haven't really had an actual practice since he's been called up. Like I think they've had some pretty very optional morning skates. Um, and obviously in those morning skates, you're not having power play, you know, you're not working on your power play. So, you know, my my hope here is that um, you know, he gets a little bit more opportunity there because, you know, that's that's where he's gonna succeed. Like that's if you're gonna put him in the lineup and hope that he can do well, um, you you have to give him the minutes that he he or sorry, the minutes that will like work towards his strengths. Um but again, I'm not surprised. But the Jets do have a lot of games uh upcoming. Um I think they play like every second day for the next I don't know how long. They've got a lot more games coming up, so we'll have a, a lot more game over streams coming to you guys. Um, we're going to wrap it up here shortly, unless, Nick, do you have any other comments you want to say on the game? I'll, I'll, I'll hand the mic to you. Open open buffet for you to, to, to go to town on. Anything to say, or, you, or that's, that's pretty much it? <laughs> Nothing? Hello? Can you hear me? Oh, I don't think Nick can hear me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, either way. <laughs> um, at the end, anyways, we're, we're wrapping it up here either way. So uh, thank you all uh, for joining us. Um, again, go check out Nick Lynham, uh and Top Line Media. They are uh, fantastic guys. Um, and again, you know, give us a follow uh, on Twitter. Uh, follow me at NHL Chunky. Follow Nick at Nick Lynham, uh, N-I-K-L-Y-N-A-M. Uh, follow Top Line Media. Go check out their podcast. They've got one for the World Cup that they've been doing. Um, so I'll, you know, you gotta check that one out. Um, but yeah, share the stream with your friends. Uh, you know, the the chat is for everyone to join into. It's it's everyone's stream together. Um, but either way, thank you guys all for watching. It was a, a fantastic game. Go Jets. Uh, we'll see you again in a couple days, I believe. They play. Who is it? Who are they playing on Wednesday? They're playing the Wild. I think. I think Liz will be tuning in for that one. Um, but either way, thanks for tuning in, guys. Have yourselves a wonderful evening. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.